This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of From the Battlefield to the Boardroom to the Bedroom with yours truly, Zach A. Knight, and my special guest, Taylor Ann Merritt, Daddy Tay, Ann Merritt, Daddy Tay Merritt. There are going to be a lot of names for you. We've got to figure out what your persona is. Daddy just, Tay. Da- da- just Daddy Tay, my special guest, Daddy Tay, as my wonderful Better Three Quarters and co host. Um, discussing all the tactics we use from the battlefield to the boardroom to the bedroom and how we are planning on intersecting all of those things and talking about those things with you. This episode, we're going to kind of dive into hand-selected topic from Daddy Tay, maybe two. And then just as a reminder about how we end up recording, this episode is going to be a little bit longer where we kind of just dissect things that are happening, topics that are popping up in our lives. This Wednesday, come on back. We're going to do What's Up Wednesday, where we evaluate some of your feedback, dissect audience feedback and questions and comments. And then Friday, come on back again for Tactical Friday, something we're continuing with a twist, where we're actually dissecting some of the tactics we're using to remain appreciative of our partners. I think that's the best way to put it with some of the stuff we're doing in couples counseling and trying to bring that and extend that to y'all. So just a little bit of expectation management for the week, but let's dive into what we got for this episode. I'll turn it over to you. What topic do you want to dissect for our Monday? Oh, this is a fun one for me because I'm guilty of it in both ways. So good and not so good. So something I've been thinking about a lot is the question that comes up. Are you treating us time like your business? Are you truly checked in? to us time like you are your business when that happens. That's a really good one because this is something that I've gotten pushback on as being quote unquote cold and insensitive about scheduling date night. And some people are like, oh, you shouldn't have to put it in your calendar. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I actually didn't know that. That's surprising. This was something that I, this is honestly a topic that was broken down probably before you and I got together. This was during my single phase, not Mm -hmm. about anybody in particular. Don't give me that look, but more during my single phase as I was discussing like entrepreneurship and like Mm -hmm. how to have a personal life and really trying to delve into the answers and the questions of how do you balance both? And the solution I came up with is, well, shoot, just time block it. Like you do everything else. And I kept like, I would bring that up as like, how do you handle the personal side of life? Like, oh, you can't do that. That's insensitive. I'm like, that's like the most practical application for me is like time block it, send a calendar invite, set it at the same time, same place, maybe not same place, but same day and time each week. Yeah. And we have take time Friday at five every week. Did you receive that feedback from your business? Yes, it was all like business people on the pod, like guests on the podcast. Wow. It was stuff I would discuss on the podcast about how do you 
This was back when work-life balance was a big conversation. Oh, God. Before the uh, term integrated life came about. Uh-huh. Right? Integrated life is something that we've talked about quite a bit. But this was back in, like, work-life balance and how do you balance it? I'm like, well, it just makes sense to schedule it in. And they're like, ooh, that's kind of cold and, like, robotic. And it takes away the spontaneity of your relationship. And, like, on the other hand, to me, it creates a buildup. Like, everybody's so excited for the weekend. Let me be excited for date night. Wow. That's a good way to flip that thought. Wow. I'm totally messing up the camera. You're on camera the whole time. That's fine. They think I'm talking. And you're way prettier. So. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're so pretty. That's interesting because I could see it from both. I could see the pushback on lack of clarity in the question. So you have a podcast guest and you're like, just schedule it. That reminds you of like a problem solver method. Mm-hmm. Just like you approach business or be in no offense, men, but we talked about this on the last podcast. Men are typically more of the problem solvers in the relationship. So you being the problem solver that you are. Solution oriented. It's like, oh yeah, just easy one. Let's just schedule it. I love it because it. a lot of people say on podcasts, and I can agree with this, but I can also disagree with it. And I think you feel the same way is having an expectation. It's setting an expectation. This is my time. Shut down your phone. Your thoughts are on me and vice versa. No, we're so bad at that. What? And this was kind of your original question. Going back to checking out. I think we're going to talk about this Wednesday a little bit more. About what do we do? Because that's some of the feedback we got was how do we actually check out? Right? How do we actually break away? But when we're talking about date night, I feel like both of us struggle with this at times. At different times. It's weird. Yep. Right. There will be a time where we sit down and you're hitting sensory overload and 18 million things are happening all around us at our favorite Mexican restaurant. Yep. And you're like, squirrel, shiny, ooh, glitter. All of it. All of it. And then I'm like so frustrated. I'm like, Tay, you just asked me a question and totally ignored my answer. And there are other times where I will be just as guilty and I'm sitting there talking about business. Like there was no disconnect of, business into date night is like business runs into date night date night starts at five and i'm just like about all the awesome things that i'm doing in business because my like true passion in everything i'm doing i'm like so passionate about it so i'll kind of and word vomit business stuff and you'll just be like cool what about me as you flip your hair that's so funny you say that though because we're both guilty of that. We're excited for each other, but we're also so passionate about what we do and how we serve, who we serve, that we get excited. And it's almost like we're a little kid telling mom and dad, oh my God, if you want to hear about my day, guess what happened today? But that's different because most little kids don't dissect their day like that. I think that's actually something we're really good at. We go on tangents about our day to each other. Yeah. And I actually really enjoy that. Me too. Half the time, your changes don't make a lick of sense. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And you'll go from a client at your corporate, in your corporate world, to somehow your niece and nephew did this, that, and the other. And this is the Halloween costume they're getting. To how you're planning on Thanksgiving and Christmas with the family. All the way to a personal client that happened at the home gym. I'm like, Wow. What a journey we just went on together. Yeah, it's definitely a journey. It's like a, 
a 200 page chapter book for sure. It's confusing at times. Yeah. I just Even hold I'm on. like, what point was I trying to make on that one? I just go for the ride. Thank you. Yeah. So go back to the question. Let's hit it a little bit again. So are you treating us time like your business? And I come from a place of we're so passionate about our business and constantly on it. There's most entrepreneurs will say balance is not a thing. That's not a bad thing. You adjust and integrate and all the things. Are you truly checked in? I think we're limiting this conversation to entrepreneurs and we shouldn't because I think the applicability goes to breadwinners working really long hours, right? In my world, first responders don't ever take the uniform off, don't ever turn off, never taught to turn off, right? When I was a cop, you're always a cop. Once a cop, always a cop, always on, right? So you're never truly checked out of that world. And where I lived was in the same area that I had. Uh, wow, the word just escaped me. But where I lived was within my area of operation. Oh, got it. I, I knew what you meant, but I was like, I don't know yeah. a single word for that. I can't. Wow. That's so terrible. Territory? Some, we'll go with that. We'll okay. go with that. But that's where, so like if something happened in my neighbor's house, they came over and just knocked on the door because I got the patrol car sitting in the driveway. Uh, yeah. Right. Like so you don't, yeah. So you don't ever really truly check out. You go to the grocery store where you just arrested somebody there the day before. Right. <laughs> so like in my space, I, I would say we can't really limit it just to the entrepreneur. Right. Are you being intentional and in checking out with your partner, no matter what you're doing or not doing and going back to a conversation we had the other week, how many of our counterparts, their nine to fivers don't check out. They themselves as entrepreneurs don't check out. They're seeing things from a totally different perspectives and yeah. they're failing at communication in the middle because neither of them are actually getting back to the human aspect of the relationship. Also to think about, and you just said this in a different way, but timing, the time of like your hours. So a nine to fiver versus an entrepreneur. Think about all the things we're going to event wise starts mm -hmm. at five 30 earliest and could go to like nine or 10 ish. Big ish on that. You have more to say on no. that? No. Oh, just where my thought went. There's so many avenues of where it's really hard. Could be really challenging. You have to be really intentional about checking in and checking out. You could use those kind of. So how do you do it? It's funny. I just said this today. Saw multiple people and I almost got a sense of overwhelm this morning when I woke up because I actually checked into us and out of business, which is not something we like to do. It actually like kind of gives you this sense of anxiety. You, you were like, so like this morning you checked into us. No, over the weekend. Oh, but kind of picking back up. Cause obviously it's my birthday and I was like, all right, this is the one dirty 30, 30, 30. This is the one time you check out for more than you typically would. Right. So turning date night on Friday into like a couple days. And it's almost like I turned my phone off and I answered 
think I had like 170 messages. Oh. I answered. Listen, though, I was like, I, it's so funny. I play this weird game. Jeez. That's a time. This weird game with myself. I went from, I said, oh my gosh, I have eight minutes. How many messages can you get through? And I went from 170 to like 82. In eight minutes. I was like, God, great? I'm a champion. Is that like you shot getting a beer? Pretty much. I mean, you could say that. Yeah. How many unread emails do you have? <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to. Y'all, I will tell you a pet peeve is that little red circle. I hate it. It drives me nuts. It, it yeah, you have like an obsession with it. I have an obsession with not having notifications. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I hate it. I appreciate it though. I admire it, but I'm also like, hey, it's okay to have 10,000 like, unread emails. Like, trust me, they're not going oh to keep knocking at your door right now. It drives. They're still going to follow up with you. Like, I'm not saying it's a lazy trait. It's more of like a, hey, it's Friday. People expect you to be like, I'll get back to you like tomorrow. Which I do that. Saturday morning. But I also delete spam. Monday. I delete spam. Yeah, but it's still gonna it's still gonna come. Ugh. That's where I actually talked about our oh, I can't do our it. flow. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would never <laughs> me being the person that I am, I would never think that I was the person I am in the relationship. Yeah, not OCD and no, and, so chill. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go with it. Adjust. We're gonna do this. We're gonna get shit done. We're get shit doneers. And get shit done. we are, and we freaking crush it. But I'm like, I walked into a client today and I didn't even have to, there's no reason to like justify yourself or anything. Cause like you're a human being and they almost expect you to be like, yeah, I'm glad you checked out for your 30th birthday because they see how much we're doing. They see it everywhere from multiple platforms. They're just like, thank you. They thanked me for like putting my phone off. They were like, good for you. And I'm like, what? I think it's a big thing that we can look at as entrepreneurs and recognize boundaries, right? We talk about it a lot, mm -hmm. but I think something we're diving too far into Wednesday's topic, but respecting those boundaries and going back to the original question attached to intentionality, having intentionality attached to those boundaries in that time, right? So you mentioned your intentional, I, I don't actually know what your answer truly was because you went off on a tangent shocker <laughs> sorry guys that's me for you so we're talking about like there was a question it was like how do you develop intentionality attached to checking in right so for me a big thing and this drives you crazy for some reason and i've done it our entire relationship and before and Just eliminate distractions know what distracts you so that's what i was about to say oh my god if even better if possible one thing I do that I don't see you do as much is I take my eye watch off. Oh, yeah, I'm guilty of that. That damn eye watch drives me nuts. Yeah. Every time it goes off, you look. You do not have the capability of when it buzzes of not looking. It's like Tommy says, that phone is the devil. It's not water boy. <laughs> that was good, babe. That was good. <laughs> my mama my always said the phone is the devil. <laughs> it's true. But also, like, when we go to our counseling sessions, I don't know if you've ever noticed, I put my phone on the table away from us. I take my watch off and put it on top of my phone away from us and no notifications hit me. None of mine either. I actually turn mine on do not disturb. I think there's a level of temptation. I look at time for her because uh, you know us. Oh, we always talk, but I'm saying there's a level of, and this is for normal people. 
I say normal people. This is for everybody out there because we're all easily distracted by a notification. Yeah. No matter what it is, you look at your phone or you look at your watch. Actually drives me nuts. So I turn my stuff face down. And we do it really well in business meetings. And what we're talking about is the intentionality yeah. of how do you apply business to a relationship. You're really good at turning it face down, turning tech. We'll say turning tech face down in business. You're at a client, you're in a meeting, face down. Together, the watch is still on. And I think that's something that drives you nuts because you think I'm like hiding shit when I turn my phone face down. When in reality, I'm like, nope. Like, I don't want to be distracted by my phone right now. Or I take my watch and throw it on whatever, wherever. And I don't even know where my watch is right now, honestly. So I took it off because I didn't. Oh, it's over there. I see it. But I didn't want to be distracted during this because if it pings, the ingrained nature of what social media is creating in us and notifications is like, oh, I got to look. It's important. Or it's more important than what's happening right now because that's what it projects. And I think it's actually disrespectful to your partner to allow that projection of it's more important than what I'm talking about right now. Even if you, if it's a notification, you just look and you glance. I think that's disrespectful. I totally agree with you and 100% understand. I think we both do it well and do it not so well. I get onto you. You call me out about the watch and I'm super guilty of it. And I'm like, frick, you're so right. It's like the shiny object. Mm -hmm. You do it in every space you go into. I'm like, hey, baby, this is just us time. I don't care if you have a client here or not. Check the fuck out. It's us time. Define differently. When your client pays you for a certain time and... Be more specific. I don't think you want me to. We talked about it the other day. Ah, I'm going to call this out. I want to call this out. I'm okay with it. We won't name names. Okay. I won't name names. And the likelihood of her listening... Is minimal. Okay. The gym. Yeah, that's us time. I want to define this. This is such a valuable piece that we talk about all yeah. the time. Drives me nuts. So in often get the chance to work out together. Mm-hmm. It's something we treasured when our schedules aligned. Mm-hmm. And we did it seven days a week, yeah. damn near. If yeah. not, I mean, pretty much seven days a week. We worked out together. Yeah. Now we're down to two days a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe lucky. three if we're really lucky. Mm-hmm. And I have an innate ability to get clients everywhere I go. Oh. I mean, that is kind of... You are just a butterfly. You're fantastic. But that, that, to like, don't put sarcasm attached to it. There is a piece of my mind that operates everywhere I go. There is a prospecting environment. I totally get it. And I I actually 1000% understand that the reason I don't, I'm actually very introverted in this space is, because that is my stage. And I'm like, for one second, I don't have to, I love being on stage. Everybody's stage looks different and there's multiple stages, but that's like the one place where I'm like, I'm just a new kid and I want to be a new kid for a second. And I love being the new kid for this like one hour and it's our time. So it's like a date. And I'm like, oh, I get to be giddy and goofy and silly. And it's like, I love business, but I've actually been in the space where I've combined the two in certain arenas and it poisoned a lot of things for me. And 100% agree with what you're saying. And the times you're not around, I'm more of a social butterfly because my anxiety, I'm a class clown. Mm -hmm. I was always a class clown in school back in elementary. 
In middle school and high school, I was the class clown. Were you? Yeah. Tell me how. Because I was the only kid in class. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it as a homeschooled easy. kid, if I cracked one joke, I'm the class clown. You're literally cracking up at yourself. And now you know why I laugh at all my jokes. I know. It's crazy. I'm like, and it's so funny. <laughs> but when it comes to the gym, I'm the guy that creates a culture for the class. You do. And I've done it for as long as you've known me. Uh-huh. I come in, I goof. I treasured this, my superpower, but I, I hate that. I treasure my capability to go into a room and shift the culture of the room. I really think that's a great gift I have. And I go into a gym class at 5 a.m. And I have an innate ability to be a leader in the room and shift the culture in that room. Leadership is influence, influence is leadership, right? Mm -hmm. So truly the way I look at it is like, Oh, I'm a leader in that room because I can shift the culture and the dynamic. People do extra work because of us. Nobody did extra work with you. And <laughs> don't give me that look. That's funny you say that. But nobody did extra work until I started doing extra work with you. And here's the dichotomy is you aren't necessarily friendly and approachable in no. those settings because nope. you don't choose to be. No, I don't. I don't actually right? don't want to talk to anyone. But vice versa. When I started doing extra work with you, whether it was running or biking or rowing, we started doing, people started following us. And one of Del Carnegie's greatest lessons that I love about Del Carnegie, and I talk about it all the time, sometimes the best leader is the first follower. And every great leader needs a first follower. So in a gym setting, you're the leader there because you're fucking, oh my gosh, right? You're like a sculpture and phenomenal and it's your space and it's your knowledge base and it's your expertise. I love you. But if nobody follows you, you're nothing. No offense. I don't mean you're nothing, but if you get my intentionality in the statement. It's not my intentionality in the room either. Right. If I want it to happen. But if the loud mouth guy that's the cut up that everybody vibes with follows your lead now all of a sudden you're a leader you're the one that set the tone of doing extra work going for that extra mile run going for that you're the one that did that but it required that first follower to create a movement and i love that lesson attached to what leadership truly looks like and how to actually be impactful in a room which is why i love how we network together mm -hmm. right going back to the original piece of this <laughs> you don't like opening our world to other people when it's our time. Correct. And we see gym mornings as daytime. Yes. It is one of the few times we truly get to like check out of business and enjoy ourselves. Right. Correct. So I had a client because I pick up clients everywhere I go. I truly do think, and this is for all the entrepreneurs out there and you can be mug me all you want. Every room you walk into is an opportunity to excel. I am 1000% agree, actually. So I picked up a client at the gym. She's a great client. Mm -hmm. She's a superstar. 100%. However, there is a dichotomy where the gym is our time. Mm -hmm. And a boundary that should be created is the gym is our time. You're in my time, personal time. We don't talk business. It's outside of quote unquote work hours, even though I'm a consultant, I'm a coach, and we don't have truly... It's such a nondescript, what are work hours, right? But there's a boundary there that I should create with intentionality of preserving that time for us. You don't believe I do that well. I highlight a couple of ways of how I do it well. 
and never is a conversation gone multiple minutes. Doesn't matter. It's a boundary. This but, one's black and white. And this is where I think this is such a good topic. It's such a good topic. This is where a rock and a hard place meet, right? Because I can sit here and I can articulate. Well, I did this, like no different. We got into a little bit of tiff about it. Uh-huh. I articulated, I did this, this, and this. You didn't see this. You didn't hear what was said. And I did this in response. And it shut down the conversation within 60 seconds. And hey, we'll talk later. You didn't hear that piece though. But I have seen other things. I don't blame the other yeah. the client because one, I've done this in another space. And I'll give you an example in a second. It's a shared responsibility. Hold, hold on a second. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make kind of a relate relation to it. One, here's where I see it. There's two ish ways. One, I'm super excited that she's excited. I love that. Love it. I love to see it. I love to feel it because I'm like that. However, however, asking for permission, hey, would love to chat about this later. Want to make sure I'm not invading on your time. And you immediately, because I've had multiple clients do this to me in mm-hmm. a space, they like knew hardline. I was like, hey, we don't talk about this in the space. This is where I'm working for these people. And they would come up to me, hey, Tay, can we talk at this time? Yes, I'll text you later. I'll shoot you a message to confirm. I would do it after my... Which is how I normally operate. But I would never go up in those spaces. So workout time being Mm -hmm. where I'm correlating it or trying to relate it. Mm -hmm. I would never go up and say, hey, how's this, this, and this going? That Or, hey, are you going to be here at 5 a.m.? I wanted to talk to you a little bit about business. I've seen that from you. I know you do it. Because you're excited, and I love that about you, and I love that about your clients. It's, it's her, because I'm passionate about that, it. That opens the door. It's a gateway. Give it an inch, they take a mile. Yes. yes. And it's not even, sometimes it's not even intentional. They're just However, excited. You have to like pull. However, this is the beautiful part about being in a relationship. We can agree to disagree. I'm a little bit more seasoned in entrepreneurship and business ownership. I'm also, and I'm going to say it. And you hate when I say it. You've not, as of yet, had a rough time as an entrepreneur. So the value attached to one client, you might not have ex- you might not have felt that grind yet. I would love feedback on. This. I would love so much feedback because I think there are so many entrepreneurs that you know that are in my world that would hypervalue a consistent, projectable client. It's multi-month and the life value of that client pays a good bit of bills, right? Because what I make per client is substantial, right? Same with you. Uh-huh. What you make per client is substantial. I think you hit success so quick. You don't quite understand what the entrepreneurial grind looks like. And even before you hit your biggest success with your corporate client, you still splashed with multi thousands in the first few months, the first month you're in the multi thousands. But let me, let me add this to it. I came from a space that was corporate mm-hmm. and I was under an umbrella mm-hmm. and they would, they kept saying, no, I was hitting the highest volume, highest mm-hmm. revenue. Isn't that, and it wasn't just me. I'm not just a me person month after month, year after year. And mm-hmm. it just do more, do more, do more. In reality, it was mostly you. I loved it. I yeah. loved the people. And my purpose changed. It's like, you know what? This is for them, but they needed more. And I saw it, which is where I could add it. I could add that value into my own company. However, 
over years and years and years, they knew regardless of which space, corporate space or own company, they knew don't have an expectation attached. When I have my me time, that's the human I am and the human I stick to. They like valued it. It was like, but okay, hang but on. they followed me. But they hang respected on. that. Your clients did, right? So hang on, let's pose a different perspective. When you were within the corporate construct, the people beneath you respected that you made a stand about your personal time. How the people above you react? I still, I never got bothered. They just didn't like me because I was successful and still stood my ground. But there's that, a difference. But listen to what you just said. Listen to what you just said, because I think this is something that a lot of corporate people struggle with. And then entrepreneurs are scared to create this boundary, right? Because what ends up happening is in the corporate construct, if you stand your ground, you're blackballed as you were, as I've been. I've been blackballed for standing on my moral high ground. I think you've been blackballed and standing on your moral high ground in the corporate construct, not the people beneath you that see what you're doing day to day, but the people above you who you're not quote unquote conforming to. But they don't align with me. It created a- But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You didn't align with them. It created a whole nother avenue to but make hang, success. Hang on, you didn't align with them and their corporate construct. That's like if you hired a coach who didn't want to fit the daddy tape model, you wouldn't continue to promote them because they don't represent your brand, right? So given the corporate construct you were within, you no longer represented the brand they wanted to project because you stood on your moral high ground. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a recognition of, yes, it then carved a path for you to create your own brand, create your own success. Most entrepreneurs are scared of creating their own success, or most corporate people are scared of creating their own success because they're so accustomed to being bucked by the corporate construct they're within. It's so weird that we're talking about this. I understand what you're saying. However, there's so many places in my life where I've been more successful, and I don't mean that in a cocky way, but it's like it truly aligns with like the greatest points in my life. Go back to college. My coach was, he is the most legendary human coach, mentor. He is incredible. And he stands on his like morals and now he preaches it, teaches it, does it. And we are still to have been for years, been so successful as individual players and as teammates. And he knew his players. He was like the type of leader that understood each player in like the detail. And he talked to me differently than he talked to our shortstop. He talked to me multiple players and we all had such high points of achievement and we flowed no different than I could have flowed with bad communication. I could have flowed. I did. When I worked in the corporate space, I was still generating the highest numbers for years and years. Nobody could match it. But that doesn't matter. But I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to capitalize on what is right. But that's the thing. You're being subjective. No, You're if a client came to me and said, hey, I don't like when you do this. Okay, let's sit down and talk about it. We'll schedule some time. We can respect each other's paths of we've already laid that but ground. That's being for subjective. When you're in somebody else's construct. But you're not. It's your client. But we're talking about when you were in the corporate world. I'm my own business owner. And now I'm talking about you're using a reference from before. 
I'm using it as an example. Yes, you're using it as an example. And what I want to bridge the gap to is helping people understand when you leave somebody else's corporate construct, you're not wrong in being subjective about not fitting in, right? One of the greatest struggles you had in transitioning, no different than I did, was a perverse sense of loyalty. You were loyal to the people around you, your yes. coaches, your clients. Yes. Love you that. didn't want to leave them no matter how the corporate construct, no matter how the corporate construct was throttling you. The construct was literally creating medical issues with you. Yeah, 100%. And you kept getting stepped on because you bucked the system. The system didn't buck you, you bucked the system, right? The system never bucks anybody if the people fit in. Excuse me, it's like the military. You're one army. You're one uniform. You're the U.S. Army in that patch, right? If you buck that system, you're bounced. The corporate world's the same way. But your your own business doesn't have to be that way. Correct. And but we're talking about life. bridging that gap to having the ability to make that decision for yourself. That's what I want to highlight. Is it took you years to bridge that gap? It takes most entrepreneurs years to take that plunge, right? Because they're so terrified if they buck the system too far, they'll no longer be accepted in the corporate construct that they want to leave anyways. You're a great example of that. You, for six months, super nervous of leaving the quote-unquote corporate construct that presented security in your mind. Now, after a year of being your own business owner, your own boss, can you imagine going back to that? Hell no. <laughs> there was an F attached to that, hell no. <laughs> and that's the difference. Initially, you were nervous, terrified to make that plunge. It sucked because it was so fun. It's just like, there's always bad eggs. And you're like, why? But usually the bad egg is your leader. Can't we just be friends and like do this shit together? And it's like, I saw all the even higher points of like more family, more generating revenue, all the things. Like I knew what to do and I was open to creating new avenues with people. I'm like, help me learn. But like, here's what I've done too. Like, let's do it together. And it's like, I don't understand. Like it could be, I think back and I'm like, we could have been even more successful if people didn't have egos. Ooh, ooh. But, oh, I love you for what I'm about to say. Who had the ego? What do you mean? You said if people didn't have the egos, we could have been so much more successful. You were the nonconformist. People that don't conform generally have an ego about what they're doing because they don't want to conform because they do it better. You did it better. Numbers don't lie. A hundred percent. You did it better. Listen to what I'm asking. Okay. Who had the ego? I'm not going to be less than. Uh, maybe that is ego. Help me. That's here. definitely ego. I'm not going to be here and drop to here because yes. somebody's feelings here. Yes, hurt. but. I will hurt your feelings because it's the right thing but, to do to make but, it better. But. This is such a great learning opportunity for people listening. What you just said is if people dropped the ego, you could have been so much more successful. They could have. If who dropped the ego? If they dropped the ego, they could have been so much more successful. Well, if you look at the corporate construct, the top four, five, six, seven, eight people were all working well together. I to differ. Yeah, you get my point. 
There's lots of transitioning and turnover. There might have been lots of transitioning, but there's one guy on top, mm-hmm. one girl, and then a couple people that didn't really leave, a couple people that were regional. Mm, no. There was one guy in particular that everybody loved, I can think of. Name starts with a P. No, that was new. He's new. He's still new. But you get my point. He fits in. He's a company guy. There are other people in that construct that are company people that represent the brand. They're all about the brand. They always do the stupid hand signal thing. It's awesome. You know the people I'm talking about. Yeah. Those people are great. But you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. They're all about the brand all the time. They were okay with being comfortable. But listen to what you're arguing about. Why not be better? Because that's not what's promoted in the corporate construct. And that maybe that is ego. I cannot be average. I hate it. Drives me crazy. That's that's ego. Ugh. It's disgusting. I hate it. I understand that. I'm like, you can get better every day. I understand that. Yes. This is the awareness we all need to have. Ego is not a bad thing. Okay. Well, it sounds like it right now. Well, (laughs) your ego has led you to make twice as much money in half the time in the last year. So your ego has led you to be more successful in a year than most entrepreneurs in their first year, but more successful than what you were the year prior working twice as many hours. And you're so more successful this year. And we talk about success in finances. We can also talk success about foundational, long-term investment, building your own thing, making your own decisions, having your own sustainability without the corporate construct. But what ended up happening is there was an itch and you started scratching and it's called the entrepreneurial itch. You started scratching it and I was sitting there like powdering you with like that itch powder. You just like pouring ants on me. Yeah. And you started scratching that, oh man, operations, I hate that, but Zach's really good at it. Oh, these people can really be my support system here. You started seeing, as you got into more of the rooms I was a part of and the rooms I was creating, you started seeing the opportunity to like have your own path. But the recognition point that I want to point out is it was not their ego that was the problem. It was your ego that actually created the rift because if you were, quote unquote, one of them, I'm just as guilty in the police department, leaving the police department within six months, I was making 10K a month. When I was with the police department, I was making $2,000 a month. Oh my God. Getting shot at two grand a month. That, that's how much I was making. And then I was working sad. extra jobs. So I was working another 40 hours a week. Yeah. Right. So I was lucky to make 60K. By month six of my own company, my first company, six months into being an entrepreneur and a business owner, I was making 10K a month. But, um, when I say sad, by the way, I'm saying like, that sucks that you were doing all the things and. That's what you But the point here is my ego, I can do this better, allowed me to break the mold and the stereotype of a once a beat cop, always a beat cop to launch my own company that did security consulting and actually made an impact on people's lives. It's it's just like, we're not going to get on this topic, but I'm going to just throw a one liner, (laughs) maybe a two. I don't know. It's just like politics and parties. You conform. You get into the vicious cycle of once the five people you're around the most Jim Rohn. Listen, my mom has told me this since I was a child. My mama, my mama, mama always said, mom, you're the best. My mama always said, a wise woman. all right, Suzanne, what Suzanne tell you? She said in my teenage years, when I was acting rebellious and stupid, you are your environment. Mm-hmm. 
And she goes, look at the people you're hanging around. That's who people see you as. And I always felt so outside of it. And I was just being a shit. And she was like, you are your environment. And you either, you stay in that environment or you decide to come out. And you put your name on it. So the original point, we're talking about intentionality attached to everything we're doing. We started with date night. Now we're moving into how you apply it to work. And are you applying that intentionality to your personal life? It's very forgotten in a lot of places. It is. But I think that bridging the gap, if you're so intentional in your business life, and you're proud of who you are, what you're doing, how you're doing it, because you're doing it better than everybody else around you. That's not you bragging. If it's factual, well, shit, own it. You owned it. I'm doing better than all these other people. Now, when you say it out loud to the people that suck and they get offended by it or threatened by it and they step on you, well, that happens. Yeah. Like my company with the eight figures. Hey, NBC, we're doing this bigger, better, and badder. Oh, we'll see. And they step on you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Big Brother is always going to win, right? That's an unfortunate lesson to learn, but it's a great lesson to learn of like how to sidestep that step of don't say it, be humble enough in that moment to recognize where the leverage point is. But if you're feeling that grind of like you're doing better than everybody around you and you're in this construct of somebody else, stop making somebody else wealthy. But 100%, that's where I got my mind got to. It was like I sent in all my KPIs. And when I say my, I mean the team. Like I was so proud of our team. And there were certain players on the team that I was like, look, let's do this together. And some of them were not willing to step up and play and they saw themselves out. And some were just not getting it. And some were like, yay. And they just took a little bit longer. And I love those people. I'm like, if you're willing and you're trying, I'm here for it. And we made those KPIs go up, 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 up. And members were happy, 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 happy. The only thing our members weren't happy about was the damn structure of the studio. We had leaks and broken shit everywhere. And it's because it was being so highly utilized, shit was breaking more often. And I'm like, that's a great problem to have. I'm like, hey, can we get some orders here? Because we don't have enough equipment for the members and revenue we're generating. That is the most fucking golden compliment that I could see as a in a head position. But would I be... Well, oh my God, you would. <laughs> but would I be... See, now you're making me like a uh, question mark. I couldn't be promoted because there was people that were afraid that I could do better or do more. And I'm like, what? I want to work. Let's do it together. And you would have. Yes. But they weren't in a collaborative mindset. No. Because they were threatened. Because the reality of it is. Drove me nuts. The reality of it is most people, either side, the super performer or the less than performer, generally are only looking out for themselves. It's almost like I felt like they were hiding something, but they were hiding something to stay on top. They're hiding their inefficiency. Yeah. I'm like, guys, we could be way, there could be way more this company. Anyways, there's always a blessing in it. And it allowed me to step into diet. So tell us concisely, what is that blessing that you've learned with taking intentionality the next step, both personally for personal development, professionally for professional development over the last year? What is that lesson you've taken and that you could recommend for those listening? Oh, you're going to hate this. When you set a boundary from the jump and they don't like it, they can get out. They will stay in when they know you're worth it. Trust me, every client, 100%, if you put that your foot down from the jump, the way you could have, I know you, I love you, I know you. You say yes a lot more than 
you really need to, because I know your success and I know how fucking good you are because look at me. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is why I get so like frustrated. I'm like, baby, look at me, look at this person and this person and this person. They respect what you put down. Like when you say, Hey, I got Tay time. And they send me an apology checks. Hey, Tay didn't want to interrupt Tay time. You set that boundary and they fucking know, and they love you. And they're still there. When you set that boundary correctly, they know how good you are because you're producing, you're helping them produce and produce. Baby, you're a home run hitter. You're a base hitter. You're a home run. You're all the above. So give the advice to the audience. What should they do? Because this is not an easy lesson learned. Don't be afraid to set a boundary. It's just like when I wake up at 4 a.m. and I go, (laughs) yeah, 4.30, quietly to the gym. And that is me time. I preach it. That is my time. If I'm going to wake up that early for me, don't interrupt me. And people respect the shit out of that. And it's no different than when we walk in the gym. I don't say much because that is the one time where I actually like feeling there's nothing wrong with being alone. So. Yeah. Alone. Yes. What's the advice you would tell the audience attached to everything you just ranted about? Okay. Set respectful boundaries. The people who align with you will run with you. That's good. You're welcome. It's so facts. It is facts. It's so facts in every avenue. I agree with most of it. Yeah. Okay. So because Taylor doesn't want to be serious with us, this is what we're doing attached to awesome insights from Daddy Tay and from yours truly, Zach A. Knight. If you have any feedback for What's Up Wednesday, reach out to Daddy Tay on Instagram. That's her biggest platform. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Zach A. Knight. We want to hear what y'all think about today's episode because this coming Wednesday, we're going to talk about what feedback we got from last week. So if you want to be featured, if your comments, questions, whatever you want to give us feedback on, if you want it to be featured, reach out to one of us, let us know. We're creating a new call to action of some sort to figure out how to better filter that. So maybe there's not a shyness attached to reaching out to us. We will redact your name if need be. If you prefer to remain anonymous, let us know. But definitely hit up Daddy Tay Fitness and Zach A. Knight. We are out there and we want to hear what you have to say. Any last magical things from Daddy Tay? You guys heard it. Much love. Set your boundaries. Let your people run with you. Come back Wednesday for What's Up Wednesday. See y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.